Um, if you got your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Ephesians. He says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit. Now keep this up. It couldn't go more perfect with what they just said. The strength is not coming from anywhere but by the Spirit of God. I want you to get that tonight. I'm going to preach on love tonight, and I'm going to preach on the love of God. But I want you to see that every time the love of God is mentioned in the Bible, the Holy Spirit is always mentioned. He's not a mist. He's not a magical thing that hovers. He is a he. He is the third member of the Godhead. He's just as much a person as the Father, as the Son. He is the Holy Spirit. I prayed tonight that he would come and how he would have his way. And what did Jesus say he does? He glorifies Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you comforter. I'm going to come to you. How, well, where is Jesus? He's at the right hand of the Father. We act like the Holy Spirit is this weird mist that blows through. He is a person. He, go read Acts. It'll say the Lord spoke to him, but then sometimes it'll say, and the Holy Spirit said. He's got a voice. Go read it. He's got a plan for this service tonight, so don't separate it. If we're going to overcome this world, we have to be strengthened by the Holy Spirit. We have to say the prayer, strengthen me. Holy Spirit, I am deficient in everything and I need you. It's a he. I want you to, I told him today when God began to show me this, I want you to ride down the road with me. I know he's there, but make me aware of you. I want you, whoever's on your heart, Holy Spirit, I want you to put them on my heart. I want you to help me overcome. I, it's so easy for me to love anybody that loves me. I want you to give me that great love, that love of God, and hopefully I can share it with you tonight, that I love my enemies through the power and the grace of God, but through His Holy Spirit, that I love the lost. He preached on witnessing Sunday night. I felt about this tall, really. He was talking about how we should have a witness. And I thought, when is the last time you witnessed? Talking to myself. When is the Yes, people at work know I'm saved. Yes, people at work. I tell people I'll pray for them sometimes. Yes, that's not good enough. There has to be the, we cannot, oh, I'm going to witness more. It's the same way that he said with his anger. I'm telling you, most guys I know have dealt with their anger. It comes back. I was reading D.L. Moody, who I think is one of the coolest guys ever. And he talked about the first thing God had to deal with him was what? His temper and his anger. But he said, I could see that that third person of the Trinity can change you. Amen? Amen. So by the inward man, not the outward man. Verse, and that's not even my text, but I just want you to get this. 17. Man, I wish I could feel what I feel. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted... And you being grounded in love. And everybody's like, yeah, we know, rooted and grounded in love. My dad taught a Sunday school lesson on being kind. And, and the whole time I was just like, oh my gosh. If everybody in this room, because I'm very transparent, wrote down a list of the top 10 things they like about me, kindness is nowhere on that list. If we went to the top 50 of things that you love about me. Some of you would be like, he's generous. He's, he makes me laugh. Kindness will not show up on that list. I'm sorry. But when he was preaching, I was just like, dang, I've missed it. And I'm thank God for that preached word. It really got me. And I went back to where is that kindness? Because I used to be kind. Hoss can remember me when I was kind. And I thought, where in the world has it gone? It's because we've left this principal elementary thing that everything we do, listen, without the root, there is no fruit. Without the foundation, there is no house. That is exactly what he's saying. Some of us need to stop building and trying to grow into the deep things of God and just go back to God loves me. Everything I do comes from his love. Everything I, I'm telling you, it starts right there. So I'm telling you, I try to push. Listen, I believe with all my heart we are on the verge of seeing something amazing. And I'm not just saying it. And some of you are like, I've heard it before. I understand you have. So have I. But I believe it. God is able. Chris has said that. He's able. 
He's going to do something. But let's go back to the foundation. And I'll prove that in a second. But So keep a hold of that. Verse 17. Verse 18. That you may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. Now, let's get to this. These are amazing scriptures. Brother Roe was talking to me and he's a saint. And, and he's bought blood bought. And he's a saint. He's going to heaven. And he was telling me how he realized that God, when he gave up Jesus Christ, had absolutely nothing he wanted or needed from him. And you say, and he said, he said, he didn't, he didn't need anything from me. And he still died for me. The saint gets it. They get how deep it is. They get how long it is. They get how high it is. The love of Christ, it passes your mind. You cannot study the Bible enough or you cannot be smart enough to really get the love of God. See, it's elementary and everybody is like, yeah, God loves me, I get it. No, you don't get it. You had nothing for him. People are like, yeah, well, John Loper said we're supposed to worship. Yes, he wanted somebody to worship. He doesn't need you to worship. He created thousands of celestial beings, all kind of seraphims and cherubims that constantly, because he's so awesome and amazing, they have to. The Bible says that if we didn't even worship, he couldn't care less. The rocks would get mouths and cry out to him. He doesn't need us. But the fact that he doesn't need me is why I love him so much. Because he didn't need me, but he was brutally murdered for me. I get it now. Listen to me, and we're home folks, and I'm just going to talk to you from my heart. I have exasperated and done my best to exasperate the love of God. I've done everything that I possibly could to smack God in the face since I've known Him and come to fall in love with Him. And every time, all I find is a deeper level of the love of God. I've tried it. I've thought, well, man, when He calls me to prayer, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not feeling the prayer call. I'm not praying, la, 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 TV. When He calls me, to, to love my enemy and forgive. And I don't forgive. I hold my grudge because Drew said it and all of us are like, yeah, he said that, but it's real. Some people enjoy it. Amen. I'll take that back. All of us enjoy it. Everybody in here enjoys telling somebody off and putting them in their place, don't we? Until somebody does it to you. Listen, love doesn't have that. And I've thought about all the times I've come to these altars and God said, you've got a root in here of bitterness. I cannot work past it because the whole foundation of everything I'm doing is in love. And I've been like, I'm not, no, can't have this. I'm not letting you touch this. You know what I find at the end of it now that I've walked through it? The love of God. That yet when I was sinner, he still loved me. Some of you go read John 14, and I'm not going to go there, I don't think, tonight. But he says, if you love me, you keep my commandments. And you know what every one of us do? We read that knowing good and well that is impossible to do. We might not flip our Bibles. We just read right through it to the next verse. And he says, no, like if you love me... You're going to keep my commandments. And so I've been in this frustration in church for almost my whole entire life of trying to be good enough and work hard enough and keep every commandment that he has to show him that I love him. And I missed, that's John 14. I missed 1 John 4 that says we love him only because he first loved us. The only way I'll keep the covenant, the only way I'll do what he wants is when I begin to fully understand how much he loved me I can't do it I can't live it but if I begin to understand the love of God that he's pleased with me even when I'm not pleased with myself that he thinks about me even when I don't think about him all of a sudden something happens in me and I don't think about loving him and keeping his commandments I think about loving him and his commandments are kept 
please get tonight what I'm telling you. He is radically in love with you. Crazy. We say, yes, we know that. No, you don't. Because if we knew that, we would not be praying about all these little foxes. We would be thanking him for his love and his mercy and we would be working for him and we wouldn't be looking back at our failures and our faults. We would be like, he is pleased, let's go. Amen? Romans 5.5. I don't even know if I gave it to him. The love of God, back to the Holy Spirit. I can preach tonight. I've asked the Holy Spirit in every way I could to please help me tonight because I'm teaching on a subject that passes knowledge. <laughs> the Holy Spirit has to, it has to be shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit, the love of God. And you know what I've always done, Barry? I've always stopped right there. Every time I've preached this scripture, Romans 5, 5, I stopped right there. And today when we had prayer tonight, the Holy Spirit began to prick me that you shouldn't stop right there. You should start right there. Now listen, he shows us the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Listen, this word, all it amplifies. Have you ever made a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Have you just taken, you love that? We, we get, Bethany likes the mix. I think it's called goober. It's peanut butter and jelly in one. And you just take it and scoop it out and just smear it. What he does is he comes and just smears on your heart the love of God. I want that to happen to me. I mean, I do want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich now, but I want, I do want God's love spread all over me. I can prove it to you that it's easier than we make it. When you first got saved, the love of God was all over you. Think about it. You loved? You hadn't had time to be offended by church yet? Or church people? You were so happy? Nobody had gossiped to you yet, so you couldn't look at everybody? Weird? You were just love. That's what youth camp's all about. That's why the devil fights our youth camp so hard. I hear all kind of people criticize it. And the only reason they criticize it is because that's what the devil wants us to do is not get together and just we're get filled with love. The love of God. That's why I press it so hard. But I'm sorry, but we only have two camps a year. We got to do something in between there. I want you to read the rest of this with me. And I'm looking at the clock, so stay with me. Verse 6, for when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. How many times did you this week not pray and believe because you didn't believe he really loved you? Faith which works by, faith which works by, hearing. What's the other part of that? Faith which works by love. Faith comes by hearing. You guys are hearing it tonight. The only way your faith will be in act is the love. If you pray, think about your last month. If you don't really understand with the saints how much he loves you, you are asking him things with no expectation. That's all faith is, is an expectation that he's going to give it to you. Matter of fact, why would he give it to a guy that has an anger problem? If Drew looks at it that way, he'll never have a prayer answered. Thank God he gives it to guys with anger problems because he loves us. My dad sees all kind of problems in me and my sister. It does not change the love factor one bit. And God's love compared to my dad's love, Jesus called it as like evil love compared to the father's love. It's wretched. And man, that should tell us something. Start praying and understanding and believing. When God began to deal with me about this, I'm telling you, you probably think I'm crazy, but even driving down the car sometimes and praying, I say, nope, I'm stopping. I didn't mean any of that. I didn't believe any of that. I'm starting over. Holy Spirit, come help me pray. And I believe you're hearing every word and I believe you're able to do and bring me out and I know you want to bring me out. And a lot of times the reason that you're in the fiery furnace to begin with is because he loves you, because he wants to bless you and because he wants to promote you. And the fiery furnace is a great place 
place for God to burn off everything you don't need so that he can take you to the next level. You got to walk through it. It's uncomfortable. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He w- there had to be a valley of a shadow of death. Even though I go through it. I'm not going to fear because I understand who my shepherd is. And how much he loves me. Amen. Look at verse 7. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commend his love to us. And that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. This is the Bible Belt. Most of you in here quoted that with me. You wouldn't even have to look at Romans 5. I can probably quote Romans 5. When you leave here tonight, I cannot share something that's beyond knowledge with you. You have to ask God to help you understand how much he loves you. This is not the way I felt like earlier today that I wanted to go. Go back to Ephesians 3 real quick. Pick up, try verse 17. Go 18, I'm sorry, and we'll keep going. 19, we read that. Now love, know the love of Christ that passes knowledge that you might be fit. Now look, how many Christians don't feel complete? What's the fullness of God? The love of Christ. If you don't get it, that's why you feel unfull. That's why you feel unfulfilled when we don't really get it. Hey, do you know what really an altar service is that's awesome? It's just all the people of God that thought God's forgot about them or God's mad at them or God doesn't think about them anymore being reminded that, oh, he does care. Oh, he is here. Oh, he is faithful. That's all it is. We make it all these weird terms and all these things and then people like people get scared and they pass out in the altar. It's not a pass out. It's about God reminding his people, hey, I never leave you. I never forsake you. Hey, back to the depth and the height. All they're getting in an altar service is they're getting just how deep God loves them. Ever been a prodigal? I have. Ever turned back to run to him? I'm talking about in church a prodigal. I'm not talking about when I was on drugs and things out there. I'm talking about ever been a prodigal here? Ever been faithful to church but have lost your love for God? Yeah, been there. Guess what he does to prodigals? He doesn't rebuke them. He doesn't correct them. He just tenderly reminds them, I have not left and gone anywhere. I have stayed on the porch. I am watching for you. And the minute you draw near to me, I will run to you. And that is not for just backsliders. That's for people who are backslidden in their heart tonight in church. He is watching eagerly because he loves you so much. You are knitted in your mother's womb. He's like, I love them. I crafted them. I made them. That's why some of you are like, I hate my features. Stop saying that garbage. You're fearfully and you're wonderfully made. Some of us could do to, we weren't made so round. Work on that. It's perfectness. See, when we start looking at our features, and we, and hopefully guys don't do this much, but maybe they do, I don't know. But you start looking at yourself and you start getting a bad image. Really what you're saying is, is my self-worth is how other girls or guys look at me. That's all it is. A Christian believer should be how God looks at you. Right? You get distorted. By the way, you're comparing yourself to girls in magazines that have been photoshopped. They cut the love handles off of them. They add things in areas and they color their skin darker. And you're like, oh, I hate myself. Let me tell you something. And you you think, man, why are you here? I know I'm here. Because if you've got a bad self-image, you will never be a light for Christ. The devil, every time you climb out of that pit, will kick you right back down in it. 
I'm telling y'all, y'all might not think I'm preaching good tonight, but I feel it. Because this has nothing to do with me. This is, this is the truth. We don't get the love of God. We don't get, listen, it. Let me keep reading. Verse 20. And Barry, this is another one. I usually pick up right here and I miss all the other part of it. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think by the power that works in us. Back to the Holy Spirit and love, by the way. You can't separate it. It's on the front of the love of God. It says being strengthened with all might by his spirit. And now it's saying, and we all quote this. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. We ask your thinking. We lay hands on people and we pray for people. How this sermon came about was Anna was standing up here in the altar. And I went and laid my hands on her. And when I did, the Holy Spirit spoke to me the scripture over her. And it said, hey, and listen, how crazy this is, is that when she didn't know what she knows now about the mission field and doors opening, and as God began to turn this in my heart, I knew it wasn't just for her, it was for us. If you don't understand the love of God, if you don't get rooted and build your foundation again on the love of God, then you will never believe that he'll do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. But if you ever get it, if you ever grab hold and the Holy Spirit opens your mind like I, He wants to so bad tonight to let you understand, then all of a sudden you get, this thing is way bigger than what I can think. God is way bigger than anything I can figure out. God has got plans for my life that will blow my own mind. That's not just dead rhetoric. It's the Word of God. The power comes when us, when the Holy Spirit is shedding abroad in our hearts the love of God. And the love of God is flowing through us. And we're reminded, listen, He doesn't care sometimes that we're too tired to pray. He loves us. Say, well, I don't know about that. He's displeased when we've worked all day and we can't pray. Ooh, that's a Pharisee. That forced righteousness. You say, man, we're supposed to pray. Yeah, you fall in love with him, you'll talk to him. When I fell in love with Bethany, the first time I saw her, my granddad always tells her I get so mad. He's like, I remember he kicked in the door and he's like, I fell in love with this girl. And I was dancing around and I was like, yes. And he was, I didn't have to worry about, oh man, I got to talk to her. I'll see if I can make time. I hate talking on the cell phone. Our first night, we talked to like 3 o'clock in the morning. I was like, this is so strange. Love made me do something I definitely didn't want to do. Who's to talk on the cell phone? It's like, bye-bye, I love you. No, you say you love me. You love me. Bye, I'm going to hang up now. But Are you there? <laughs> Silly crap. Some of us need to fall back in love with Christ like that. You won't have to think about, is it a prayer time? You just talk to him because you love him. You don't listen to me. You get what I'm telling you about this book. If you don't read this with the full understanding of love, it'll do you no good. Yes, should you read it. I hope you don't take from the message tonight that you say, oh, God loves me. I can go do whatever I want to do. No, no, no. The love of God... The love of God is totally different. When you really contact him, nobody has to preach. I, I felt ashamed over the last year. Some of the things I've preached from this thing on you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that. And it's all wrong. I should have just said, hey, get to know Christ more. Everything else will take its place. When I got saved, nobody even preached to me what I should and shouldn't do. All of a sudden, the love of God was there, and I fully got what I could and couldn't do, and I knew what I didn't want to do because I was in love. Amen? Some of you that are single, he loves you. I got to watch as Maddie realized how much he loved her. It was supposed to rain on her wedding. We watched every day as she prayed the forecast change. I mean, I would wake up in the morning just kind of excitement almost, like to see what the percentage had gone to. And, and I could see it on her when she was talking to me. She was like, hey, wow, like I prayed about this and God actually like cared enough about my wedding to change the rain. And I want to be like, yeah, the first miracle Jesus ever did 
was to teach us all that he cares about every little thing in our life. He was at the temple all the time teaching and preaching. Well, okay, but man, if he wasn't at that wedding to teach us something, that's what we're supposed to do. Everywhere we go, every place we go to, we should be shining light. Because not because we have to, but because we understand now that when we were enemies and that we were dead, and some of us can say we have sinned so grievous against God, and we, we find out He's still there. So why haven't sinned that grievous against God? You must be a brand new Christian. Because to know to do good and to do it not... To him, it is sin. Oh, we forgot that part. Well, I don't drink and I don't smoke. You can't even say that in church anymore now. I don't smoke. There's nothing wrong with sipping. Okay. Fall in love with him. And ask him. That's all I'm saying. They're about to legalize marijuana and Alabama, it's coming. If you can't see it, you're really missing it. It's coming. And it's going to start this little movement of how it's green and it grew from the grass. And God made it and it's earthy. I'm not going to preach one time with God will help me and even tell you it's wrong. I'm just going to tell you to fall in love with him. Man, he didn't have to tell me what to listen to. He didn't have to tell me how to talk to people. I didn't have to go pray, Lord, make me kind. And see, Drew, Drew nailed it. We're always trying to fix ourselves. So did you. We're always trying to get out of the fiery furnace. But we never understand the way his love shines the strongest is that you walk through the fiery furnace and it's terrible going through it. But when you come out of it, that love is so, you look back and say, there's no way I could be here if you didn't love me. And Jesus is talking to his 12 disciples. I've got five more minutes and I'm going to share the rest of my heart with you, okay? And everybody in here knows this. And Jesus is walking with his disciples and he's like, all you've known is the law. And they're fishermen. So they're trying to be righteous because they love Jesus. What were they thinking in their mind was righteousness? We've got a Bible. So he says, hey, by the way, that God you have to earn with the Pharisee and you have to say all these prayers. You have to fast three times a week. The Pharisees fasted more than most Christians I know. Three times a week, by the way, they fasted. They gave tithes in abundance. They tithed things they weren't even supposed to tithe because they were earning God. So these ignorant fishermen wanted to earn God because they loved him. And what the church taught them was of that time was the only way to get to God was through works. And Jesus says, I need you to understand something. Let's just start elementary. The sparrow out there that falls, your father knows about the sparrow that falls. The lily of the field. Does it have to worry about growing? Does it have to worry about clothing itself? Does it have any worry at all? And he says, how much more does God love you than a bird and a bush? And all of us are like, yeah, that's so good. Now let me go out here and try to earn him. We know it up here, but we don't get the knowledge down here because you can't know this. It's beyond knowledge, Ephesians 3 says. That's why it's so hard to teach and preach. And I wish I could just, sometimes you could walk up and I could just take it from my heart and just dump it into your spirit. Because it's, it's so much better. And this is what I'll close with. I'll tell you what else has done for me. Now that I know how much he loves me, I don't grade my sermons anymore. Because I'll be down for three days after a bad sermon. Trust me, there's many bad sermons in me. I'm tired to not. Thank God for gingerbread lattes with an extra shot of espresso. Thank you, JT. My heart's probably going to fall out, but I'll have fun doing it. But 
I don't grade myself anymore. It was so funny. Lucas started playing Sunday night at the Heart of Worship. And while John Loper was preaching, I said to myself, they should do Heart of Worship. Because that's where we're going to the new year. We should all say, I'm sorry, Lord, for what I've made this. It's all about you. It's all about you. I don't care how many people join this prayer club with me. I thank God tonight that my best friend's my prayer buddy. There's two of us. And then Drew showed up, and I was, there's three of us. We need two or three. We got it. He's there in the midst. Used to be a lot of you been here. Start putting rules on people and what righteousness looks like, and you start legislating Christianity. Fall in love with him. If you fall in love with him, you won't have to. Do you remember when you got saved? I witnessed the people, Dale, and didn't even know I was witnessing. My best friend, a lot of you guys know, named Brandon Reeves at the time. All of a sudden, quit answering my phone calls, quit being around me after I got saved. And my, my nana, of course, she tells me everything. Ask him, hey, why don't you hang out with Jonathan anymore? I didn't know. And he said, all he does is talk about Jesus. All. It's all he wants to do is go to revival services. I know we don't have those anymore, but go to church to church to revival services and sit up here till two and three in the morning at his church and read and pray. I didn't even realize I was witnessing. I found a new love. The same way I talked about Bethany to everybody I met. I found a love. And I'll say this and I'll read my last scripture. I've realized more than I've ever realized. And maybe, you know, I've heard some people say lately that I shouldn't be teaching a youth service because it's, I don't, I don't break it down enough. And that's, I don't care about that again. <laughs> I can only give it to you the way God gives it to me. I'm not changing who I am. If the Lord tells me to change something, I will. But I, I want to tell you something else. I cannot love my family I cannot love my wife. I cannot love my church. I cannot love you guys without that reflection of the love of God. God is love. First John 4. I had it up, but we didn't go to it. God is love. And if you love God, you won't have to pray about keeping the fruits of the Spirit because there's no law against those if you read Galatians. We always read the fruits, but we forget that the next thing says, you don't have to have a law to govern the fruits of the Spirit. Like if everybody on planet Earth right now was, had all nine fruits of the Spirit in their life, what would the purpose of cops and laws be? We would prefer each other. We would be long-suffering to each other. We would be kind and gentle to each other. We would have genuine love for each other. There's no laws on this thing. You can't put rules on it. Tonight, if you'll grab and get the love of God, you won't have to worry about the do's and the don'ts. All you have to worry about is you'll love Him. And you'll know that even on your bad days and even on your days where you don't do right, that has not changed the God that never needed you to begin with but wanted you you I love him only because he first loved me I'm not going to try to do the rules keep my commandments if you love me that's how we preach it that's not what Jesus was talking about there he talks about the Holy Spirit there all through John 14 read it he understood that the Holy Spirit has to show us I love you because you first love me there's one of those songs on DJC, one of the very few that I've ever not wanted to throw up. But he talks about how the moon reflects the sun. That the moon can't shine by itself. It needs the reflection of the sun to shine. And in that song, he got it. He was like, hey, I can't be the person I'm supposed to be unless your love is shining into me. And when you shine into me, your love, it shines out. It's a pretty cool lyric. Let me give you this last scripture. I didn't even have this. I, I challenge you to not. Read John 14. Read 1 John 4. It won't take you long at all. See what I'm saying. But the Holy Spirit, when I was in that prayer room tonight, dropped this on my heart and I was like, oh my gosh, how did I not put this as the last scripture? Revelations 2. 
And this is how we'll have the, the altar call. Until the angel of the church of Ephesus write these things, says he that holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the golden candlesticks. Don't get, don't get weirded out by all that. It, it makes sense what all that is. Listen to what he says. I know your works. I know you've labored. I know your patience. I know that you can't bear Hillary Clinton, I mean, those that are evil. And that you have tried them which say they're apostles and are not, and has found them liars. Keep that up there. Don't, don't, don't quick change me. I knew you would. If you read to me that list right there, I would be like, that is the church person. There they are. What more could you ask for? Your works. I know your works. You're working. You don't just sit on a pew. It's deceptive if it's not done right. That you're laboring. That can mean through prayer. That can mean moving chairs. That can mean a lot of things. Wow, they have works for God. They have labor for God. They're patient. They understand that it takes time sometimes to get stuff. Wow. They hate that which is evil. I, that's my team. I want that team. Don't you? But look at verse 3. Everybody knows it, so you're like, oh, I'm not going to agree too much. Look at this. Let's keep going. You've born. Do, do you know what that really is saying? It means that you went through the pains of labor to birth people spiritually. You ever been around a new Christian? They're just like, I love being with Darcy, but I'd never had an appreciation of what a parent does until six o'clock in the morning when you went to bed at two. She is happy and talking at the top of her lungs in a non-English language because she can't conform sentences yet. It made me, like, I woke up thinking I was going to be in full rage, and I woke up smiling because the, the love, but that goes somewhere else. But to, for them, they can't just, I, I thought it was funny. We used to could just travel. I'd be like, hey, let's throw it in there and we'll go. I mean, my dad's SUV, it had like pack and play, utility stroller with four-wheel drive lift and the, had like these swinging things and all. I mean, you could just go. That's what born means. It means that you can't just get these new Christians in here and they, these people cared about them enough to hang out with them and to teach them what the Bible says and explain to them, hey, it says this here, but you got to understand this. If you've ever read the book of Hebrews as a new Christian, it should scare you to death. My granddad always has said my whole life that there's two passages in Hebrews and Song of Solomon should be removed from all Bibles until you've been serving God for 10 years because he's like, hey, if you go back and crucify the Lord afresh, how can you be saved? And I remember reading that going, oh my gosh, I've backslidden before. I can't be saved. And he said, you crucify the Lord afresh. And you don't even get he's talking to the Hebrews who once knew Jesus, but all of a sudden said there was no resurrection. And they went back to their Jewish customs. And he says, hey, if you go back to your Jewish customs, how, what does it matter that he was crucified? We don't get that. You have to teach new Christians that. I read about blaspheming the Holy Spirit, and I was like, oh my gosh. Then the devil starts giving you thoughts about the Holy Spirit, and you're like, oh, I just blasphemed the Holy Spirit. I've lost it. And you look at new Christians, and you say, if you ever fear or worry that you've blasphemed him, there's no way you could have. And blaspheming is not a thought. It's a deliberate thing to speak out against the Holy Spirit in a work that you know and you have to be demon-possessed because to do it because we're talking about the love of God tonight. He didn't just go through all that to be like, X'd out, done. They had a bad thought. You have to bring new Christians to that. I remember the first time I read about blasphemy the Holy Spirit, I was just like headbutting the, I was like, no! It really, it wrecked me for like two weeks. And then one day my granddad looked at me, see he was born, he probably got tired of me whining like a mule and was like, hey, if your conscience is seared when you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, why would you care? And I was like, dang, I, don't, I do care. Yeah, back in the game. 
You have to, I, I want you to get this, that this was the church at Ephesus whose pastors were Apollos, the Apostle Paul, then Timothy, and then this guy that was on Patmos that they couldn't kill named John. That was their four pastors. This is an all-star church. <laughs> you know, we just read, oh, the church of Ephesus. No, you got to get this. I mean, they were throwing their Ouija boards out and praying around them, and they were burning, and they were turning from idols to God. They were laying hands on people and sending handkerchiefs. This is where Paul was when they were sending handkerchiefs from him, and demon-possessed people were getting set free from his clothes. People are like, I don't believe in all that. Well, you need one of those weird Bibles where you can highlight stuff or black it out. It's right there. So they, they even care about new converts. You see this? Now do you want them on your team? I do. They have patience. That's the second time he said they were patient. Chris was all over it tonight. And your patience possess you your souls. Most of the time when you really are ready to get out of a trial is when you're not even close to the end of it. It's when you make up your mind, I'm going to serve you and love you no matter what happens. That's when you're at the end of it. Just letting you know. When you're like, I can't stand this anymore. Oh, you're at the beginning. <laughs> you're still in that crazy wild phase where God hasn't even taught you yet that you, you can go through. You can bear anything he puts on you. But when you get to the place, you're like, I'm going to serve him anyway. I'm going to still come to church. I won't even feel him, and I'm going to still lift my hands up and sing how great thou art. And that's usually when you walk out of it. That's free. That wasn't in the notes. But listen, for my name's sake, you've labored, and you have not fainted. Verse 4. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against you. And this is my last text, and this is where we'll come down to the altar. You left your first love. In the middle of doing all the church things, you walked away from the one you were doing it for. And then you tried to be good enough. The things that he had done in you, you tried to be good enough. These testimonies were spot on tonight to keep the momentum going. You can't. You walked away in the middle of, th these are not backsliders. This is the team that I want. And notice how he doesn't say to them, I'm done with you. Look at what he says, verse 5. Remember, therefore, from whence you were fallen, repent. What does it mean? Tell him you're sorry and turn. One, in the Hebrew, when you read the word repent, it means to go literally and salt the fields. I mean, let me tell you something. You put salt on the field before the harvest, nothing's growing there. And it means I'm turning from my old life, and I'm sorry, Lord. And it says do your first works. Listen to me. I thought they were already doing the works. It, it was nothing Get, I, I know I've gone too long and your minds are probably like mine. You're mush. Just please stay with me. Everybody knows these scriptures. Listen to me. I why would he tell them to get back to work? I thought they were already working. Even though I give all my goods to the basket program and I give my body to be burned, if I don't have love, I'm nothing. I can come to this church. I can volunteer for everything it does. I can do everything exactly. I can disciple. Listen, I, they were sharing scriptures with new Christians. They were talking the principles of God. And he's like, no, no, no. You got to go back to your first love. The one that really changed you. The one that you really, for the first time, listen, that's why a lot of people that are sitting in Pentecostal churches, I don't know about Baptists, I don't know about Methodists, are not born again. It's so funny. Every preacher that preaches up here always says born again. They put a D. It's weird. I'm like, what is born again? But they're not born again. Glad I could share that. That's bothered me for a long time. <laughs> I just don't want any of y'all to take away from it. that There's not a D on that anywhere. It's born again. And so, anyways, but 
They go to church. They participate in small group. They have a t-shirt that says serve team. And they're like, welcome to our event. And welcome, come on in. And they are so proud of themselves, Just like all of us. We come in and we think we're doing this faithfully. I'm on the praise team. And bless God, I get here an hour before everybody else. And he's like, no, no, no. When you first knew that I loved you, boy, you witnessed. Boy, you loved to talk to me. I love watching couples get married because they realize what Paul said, it would be better to be like him because you realize something. Now my responsibility to Christ is to take care of her. There's times where when I was single, I could just lay my floor at my parents' house. I'd lay till three in the morning sometime just praying and talking to God. I can't fathom that now. I'm like, I wouldn't, ha- I can't lay in the floor till two in the morning, James. I'd end up giving thousands of dollars of free power away. <laughs> Some of you, though, God was showing me, even married, I can fall back in love with him. But I'm not going to, I'm going to fall in love with him. No, I'm going to do my first works because I'm going to get it. I- I'm tired of working, Lucas. I'm ready to fall back in love with him and it won't even be work. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. If you can't think of a time where you literally changed, then you might not have been born again. You might have been churched. Jesus Christ is not some prayer. He's the friend that sticks closer than the brother. He's the only one that loves me. You say, oh, yeah, there's a lot of people that love you. No, they don't, because they don't really know me and still love me. It, I've done a terrible job, but I'm, like I said, I'm not grading it. But my, I, I want you to get what I'm trying to tell you. This week, I challenge you. Zach told me he loves when we do series because it keeps reminding him. I'm going to try to remind you in every way I can, he loves you. This Sunday morning when you get up for church, the devil's always going to wreck your Sunday morning. You're going to feel bad. You're going to probably have a headache. The, his little imps are going to be jumping on your forehead. It, all, it never fails. Like, we, we get it. There's a war out there. That love will push it away. That love for God. God will give you a love again for his house, Amen. for his people. I, I told my a team Monday night, I was so sorry that we didn't have an outreach in a long time and that we're going to start having an outreach again and do our first works over. He, he would never know that I, that I knew this, but I'll never forget, and I shared it, and I want to share it with you, and we'll close. They just let out, so we're great. There's going to be a couple of weirdos that stare in those windows, and the rest of them will just walk out, okay? Stay with me. So Heather, Heather's telling me about, Heather Glenn's telling me about her brother, when evangel was first in its infancy phase and growing, and we were in love with Christ. And she said, Jonathan, you'll never know what it meant to me. And the reason I got saved is because my brother couldn't drive yet. And he would say, hey, please take me to Walmart. Please take me to Walmart. I want to witness to somebody. I want to share my faith with somebody. Please take me to Walmart. And she was like, this is incredible. And maybe some of you are sitting here going, I could never do that. You get this love, we would lay in here and pray. We didn't have to even, we wanted to. As crazy as that sounds, we missed the Lord if we had to work that day. And all of a sudden it spilled out there. Let's do our first works again. Let's fall back to the one that first loved us. Girls, you listen to me. When I started talking about insecurity, I meant it. Your insecurities will cripple you. The person that compares their self to their another person is a fool. God made you the way you are. Now listen, I'm not giving you the okay to break the word of God. <laughs> There's a lot of ways I am that I have to change by his love. Maybe you're here and you've been faithful. and You think you're really doing a good job. And you're kind of like me. You're reading this. You're like, whoa. They were working for you, but they missed it. 
How did you leave them? I've prayed for you guys this week that even as you drive down the road in your car, that God will remind you how much he loves you. That he didn't even need you, but he wanted you. That fact, when Brother Roy said that, I got chills. I almost started speaking in tongues in the middle of Pizza Hut because I was just like, yes, he does not need me. But yet he's so obsessed with me and wants me. How crazy is that? It just warped. Like, I was just like, wow. So everybody stand with me. I've, I've preached too long, and I'm okay with it. You guys will watch a football game this Saturday for two hours past what I just preached. I'm not bad. We're going to pray for the love of God tonight. I even burned a new CD because I know Ryan and me both were so tired of that one we had. Fall in love with him and you won't even care what the song is. People always ask me what mine and Bethany's song is. I'm like, we're, we're weirdos. We don't have a song. Usually when we drive down the car, we drive in silence anyway and just talk. It's, that's our song. But if you got a song, enjoy it. But it, your, your worship, it's, it's you, you got to get back. You got to get back to why we come here is because we understand he loves us. That he cares. That you got to go deeper in it. You got to go higher. It'll, it'll stretch past your failures. Drew, it'll stretch past your temper. The love of God. He's not mad at you. Usually when I feel like God's mad at me is when my anger builds up. I feel frustrated. Because I'm like, God, I always disappoint God. And I keep reading this and I'm like, I never disappoint him. He loves me. And because he loves me, I can love others. Guys, I remember when I first got this and got rededicated, God reminded me this week, I used to put my hands up and say, God, please use my hands. Use me. Touch somebody through me. Speak through me. If we're not in love with him, we don't pray like that. Because I thought, well, wow. When's the last time I prayed like that? Years. Because, you know, we just go through the church motions. People come down to pray. Bless God, bless God, bless God, go. Let's get back in love.